My name is Deb Howcroft and I'm with the National Disability Services Safer and Stronger Program. Today I'm speaking with Trish Maloney, OAM, who is one of Victoria's COVID-19 disability sector vaccine champions. Trish is a disability rights and inclusion advocate working in health, justice and family violence sectors. Welcome Trish and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Now firstly, I'd just like to thank you for taking on the role of vaccine champion in Victoria. It's so important that, you know, we all go out and we get vaccinated so we can stop the interruptions to our lives and start living with the people we love again. And I really thank you for taking an active role in helping the rest of us to get there. So, um, Trish, would you please tell us a, a bit about yourself and what you do and why you became involved in the Vaccine Champion Program? Well, I am Trish Maloney. I contracted polio at the age of four months because there wasn't a vaccine available. So once the vaccine was introduced, we no longer had polio in Australia once everybody got vaccinated. So vaccination has always been part of my thinking all along. And my family is very much committed to ensuring that people have the vaccinations when they can, taking into account any medical barriers, of course. Um, for me, it's almost like it's natural. And it's also important for me that I let others know why I've become vaccinated. So when I heard about the Vaccine Champion Program, I jumped at the opportunity. This to me seemed to be such a natural fit. So I can't walk. I had polio. My left leg is completely paralysed. I need calipers and crutches to get around. I live a very full life, let me tell you. I, I'm not sitting at home being miserable. I'm, I'm working full time. I run my own business and I provide advice to government and non-government agencies. I work in the disability sector and I work um, with a lot of not-for-profits and I work for a lot of disability service providers, providing sensible advice because that's what I do best. I'm a practical person, so I'm able to do that well. So, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned polio, Trish, because, uh, you know, I was thinking today about the majority of us have been getting mumps and measles and rubella and actually had to look up whether it's mandatory or not and found that it, it wasn't. Uh, so it's not like the flu where we actually make a conscious decision each year about getting it. You know, we're seeing hesitancy and, and a lack of urgency and, and you, you've, you've explained why getting vaccines is important to you, um, but in terms of COVID-19, you know, why was getting this vaccine important to you and, and uh, was it just the fact that vaccinations has been part of your everyday life? Uh, was that what influenced your decision? I think there's a number of things that influence that. For one thing, I usually travel overseas two or three times a year. I'm still travelling overseas. I'm just doing it from my back room now, but I would like to be able to go and share a meal with people again. I have elderly parents. My mum is 91 and my dad is 94 in a couple of weeks, uh, 95 in a couple of weeks. So um, I would like them to be able to have a bit more freedom, but I also want to make sure that they're safe as well. And my whole family's been vaccinated. My parents have been double vaccinated as well. My, my husband's 80. I want to make sure that he's safe. We have a lot of children in our family, um, children with disabilities as well. We want to make sure they're safe. We want to make sure the whole community is as safe as we possibly can be so that we can get back to a sense of normality. I'll be wearing a, a mask for the 
unforeseeable future. Um, I don't have any problem with doing that. Um, I've actually got so used to it. I was in Canberra um, in May and I was the only person wearing a mask and I found it quite weird because I was in Parliament House and there were people coming and going from all over the country and I thought, wow, this is really strange. So I'm happy to do that because I just want all of us to be safe and to be able to get back to a strong economy again. So how did you find the process of getting your vaccination? You know, and I wonder if um, if you have any tips for people who are still waiting to make a booking or what people can do to make sure their booking goes smoothly when they get there, you know, particularly for people with disabilities. Well, for me, it was relatively easy because I actually got filmed having my vaccination because I wanted to talk to people with intellectual disabilities about why I was getting vaccinated. So I had to wait a little while because I had to get permission from my doctor's surgery and I had to get permission from the film for the film crew to be able to come in. But um, that was fairly smooth. Once I got that permission, it was in there. Here, book your appointment, get roll your sleeve up and get it done. Uh, the, the process was quite smooth. So I have a couple of allergies. So I was there. I'd filled out my form. My GP came out and said, I better talk to you before we have the vaccination. And I said, okay. And he said, what's these allergies? I said, it's on your list. And he went, oh, yeah, that's right. No, they won't affect it. So that was fine. So um, that was easily done. It was very easy to get it done. I booked my second vaccination in at the same time, came back to the same doctor's surgery and got vaccinated straight away. For other people in the disability community, it hasn't been quite so easy. Um, we have had a delay in getting 1A category people with disabilities vaccinated, and that's because there's just been a hold-up. Um, so some of the proactive service providers have actually opened up their own hubs or have brought in GPs into their centres to be able to get people with disabilities vaccinated. And it really is a concern um, because we have people who have compromised immune system, which is one of the reasons that, that I, of course, wanted to get vaccinated because I have chronic lung disease. And if I, get, if I get a cold, I end up with pneumonia. So if I get COVID, I'm going to be very ill. So we have people with compromised immune systems. We have people who have compromised health. So it's very, very important that we make sure that people get vaccinated so that um, we, we don't get the serious illnesses that could certainly cause death. And can I tell you too that I've been really, really pleased with the way the disability service sector has responded to COVID. So it was uh, very different to other sectors. They walked in straight away and said, what do we need to do? They worked collaboratively, um, possibly because of the, the work of uh, National Disability Services, um, but they coordinated their approach. Everybody supported each other. Uh, Organisations like Scope put out um, documents in Easy Read to help their, their clients understand what was happening. So, but um, when I talk to people with disabilities who are living in uh, group homes, they say to me, I want to see my friends. I want, to, I want to leave here. I want to go out. And so it's very, very important that we do get them vaccinated as soon as possible because some 
times the only connections they have with the outside world is going to visit their day programs or their supported employment or other programs. And if you're in the house 24 hours a day with nothing to do when you're used to having your whole life organised for you, it can be very difficult. And I know that the National Disability Services organisations have been really great with organising alternative programs and making things fun for people, but vaccination's the answer. Mm-hmm. Really well said. Thank you for that. It was very powerful. So, um, you know, as a vaccine champion, which you've obviously just demonstrated very well for us, um, how, how can you help people um, who have family and friends and co-workers who are, who are anxious about the vaccines? Or, you know, they might be getting information that is false. You know, what, what do you suggest they can do to help build confidence in vaccines? Look, there are a number of things. I found it quite useful to be able to talk to people with cognitive impairments directly and talk to them about how do you get the best information. So not to go through Facebook because that's not always reliable, but to talk to their families, to talk to the medical practitioners, so their doctor, or to talk to their service providers who actually have good information there. But I also talk to people about their fears. What is it that you're afraid of? And I tell them, I've had the vaccine myself. But you have to make your own decisions, but you have to do it with the right information. And I think that we have some really strange information out there um, that we just need to say, well, that hasn't happened to me. I'm okay. Things will be fine. But you need to understand what is happening to you. And I think it's the same for families. Nobody wants to see their family members unwell. And so I think that's the key to it as well. And for me, um, talking to people is easy. Thank you, Trish, for taking the time to speak with us today and and sharing with us why it's so important that if we are eligible, we should take up the opportunity to get a vaccination. Absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity to spread the message. Thanks. Thanks. For more information on the Vaccine Champions Program, you can email Sarah Anderson at sarah.anderson at health.vic.gov.au or go to the Victoria COVID-19 Hub Toolkit on the NDS website at nds.org.au.